You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 67. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. Um, we are going to be talking about um, a movie that came out, I mean, I think technically yesterday, but I mean, official release date was today, and that's... Um, Death Wish. Hey, you remembered. I did remember. Every time I thought about that movie, I'm like, what was the movie called again? So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Death Wish. It's a movie starring Bruce Willis. And um, let's see, the synopsis for this movie, we can go ahead and read this shit off. Uh, basically, it says, Dr. Polly Kersey, played by Bruce Willis, is a surgeon who only sees the aftermath of his city's violence as it's rushed into his ER until his wife... Played by Elizabeth Shue and college-age daughter Camilla Marone are viciously attacked in their suburban home. With the police overloaded with crimes, Paul uh, burning for revenge, hunts for his family's assailants to deliver justice. As the anonymous slayings of criminals uh, grabs the media's attention, the city wonders if the deadly Avenger is a guardian angel or a grim reaper. It says, Fury and fate collide in this intense action thriller, Death Wish. Um, wow, that was a long descriptive one. Yeah, I think, you know, the in the previous episode, I read like a shorter storyline. It's kind of like at the top. So here's the concise description. It says, Dr. Paul Kersey is an experienced trauma surgeon, a man who has spent his life saving lives. After an attack on his family, Paul must embark on his own mission for justice. Well, that still sounds good. Yeah. So um, in this... In this movie, um, when I saw the trailer, I'm just like, okay, this movie looks like it's going to be fucking cool. Like, you know, you're just, I don't want to say, I mean, it does kind of romanticize vigilante justice. Yeah, it does. For sure. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, you know, like Boondock Saints, like, you know, these fucking dudes like go off and like just blow all these fools away and you're kind of like, you know what, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of with all the people when they were discussing if they were good or bad or mm-hmm. the interviews. That's exactly what that was from. Yeah, it totally reminded me of Boondock Saints to a certain extent. I mean, obviously without like a crew of people doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of got this thing where I'm like, okay, yeah, this fucking movie looks like totally something I get into. You know, it's action packed. You know, I mean, I could totally see somebody just being like, you know what, God damn it, like there's too much shit going on in the world and um you know like something bad happens to somebody where they fucking you know take shit into their own hands i mean like i could totally see that like being a case of something that's like completely plausible in today's you know in today's uh world with all kinds of shit going on i mean but the thing is is like you know with everything that's going on lately i mean obviously with like um you know school shootings and stuff you know this is kind of a hot button issue because it's like okay you know, we're going to blame media, we're going to blame, you know, fucking movies and games for, like, you know, why kids think this kind of shit's cool. You know, the bottom line is, is, like, it's a fucking movie. But, you And the know, guy wasn't a teenager. I mean, old dude married with a child. Yeah, and he's an intelligent doctor. That's right. A surgeon. So, um, with that, um, I thought it was going to be a cool movie. And I, I, I didn't even, like, I wasn't like, hey, Amanda are we going to see this movie? I kind of looked at her. I'm like, we going to see this. And she's yeah. like, okay. 
<laughs> so, um, you know, today it came out, uh, we went and saw it, and I mean, I would say uh, that, I mean, I guess we can, you know, start from the top as far as like how the movie goes, and I mean, it's pretty much all in the description, is it essentially, yeah. he's a super good, he's a super good surgeon, and like life is great, and his daughter's super intelligent, and she's going to go off to college in New York, and you know, wife's almost finished, you know, getting her doctorate's degree and like, you know, like everything's going well and like seemingly like everything's only looking up. And then, uh, you know, at some point you see that like he has some disagreement with somebody like on the soccer field, like with another parent, like being a fucking douchebag, um, you know, like when her daughter's playing and I'm almost thinking like, oh fuck, like, is this where it starts? Cause I mean, like, okay, we're, like, soccer parents. Like, our kids fucking play soccer and shit. And, you know, there's always those, like, super annoying parents that get, like, super into shit. And you're just kind of, like, calm the fuck down. Right? You know, like... I think it was just to show that he's a pretty timid guy. So, when eventually he does turn to shooting everybody, you're like, oh, yeah, he snapped. Yeah, you know, and... and But, I mean, I, I thought that there was going to be more to it. You know, this guy's, um, you know, kind of, like, getting all up in his shit. And I'm kind of like, oh, he's going to... You're going to see, like, there's a little fire in him, but no, he, like, he was, like, completely a little bitch to a certain extent. So, you know, then it fast forwards to, um, you know, they basically go to a, a restaurant and they're having this little celebration. And as they're getting the um, their car from the valet, the um, wife is basically like, oh, you know, we're going to have dinner at this place at this time, blah, 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 blah. Well, when the valet's going to get their fucking car. To the uncle. He's thinking, like... I mean, I mean, she's fucking, and I, mean, I, I didn't ever said she was telling the valet that. I'm saying like she's saying it when they're getting their car from the valet. And it just makes it sound like she's randomly saying that she's giving out her dinner plans, not reminding the uncle that that's where he needs to be. Okay, I get it. What I'm saying is that she's basically saying this loud enough while they're waiting for their car at the valet. That the valet overhears it and is like, okay, cool. I'm going to fucking rob these people because they're going to be away from the house. And, you know, and this is actually something where I'm like, I'm glad I don't do this. So, like, um, I have a nicer car and it has, you know, the like the GPS navigation in the dash. And so you can kind of, like, enter your home address and save it and, like, enter your favorite points of interest and save it and do all that stuff. I don't have any of that shit in my fucking navigation. Like I don't have any of that like pre-saved. And so it in this in the movie when this uh guy overhears that they're going to be away, he goes into their um and he's driving their car back to them. He gets in their navigation and goes to their um saved home address and takes a photo of it so that he knows where they live, so he knows and now he knows a date and time that they're going to be gone. And the intention is to fucking, you know, burglarize this house. So, um, it turns out that when they're going to go out that night, because it's, um, Bruce Willis's character's birthday, um, he finds out that this doctor who's supposed to cover his shift is sick and he actually has to go in. So he goes in, they're going to miss the dinner. Wife and daughter, um, you know, basically go out, buy a bunch of groceries. They're going to make him his favorite cake. And so while they're while they're in there, they realize that there are also bad guys in the house that are in the process of robbing them blind and they're armed. And 
So when this happens and they're trying to call, you know, 911, uh, they're basically stopped and they're compliant. They're like, hey, take whatever the fuck you want. You know, we're not going to say anything. But of course, in this three man crew of, you know, shitheads that are, um, you know, burglarizing their house, there's that, oh, there's always that like creepy guy or like loose cannon that's not part of the team, like in any movie where like something bad happens. Yeah. Where they're like, we don't even really know this guy. We just took him on for this one job. But, you know, he's a piece of shit who tries to go like even further, you know? Like, uh, I would almost liken it to Heat. So in the movie Heat, they do this fucking job where they fucking rob this armored car. And the whole point is just to, like, get these bear bonds, fucking steal all this shit from the armored car, and get out. And they have this one extra dude that they never really do jobs with. And, you know, during this fucking robbery, he fucking executes the security guards. And he's like, oh, they were making a move for their gun. And so now all of a sudden, they're not just robbers, they're fucking murderers, too. Yeah. And so they were all pissed at this dude. And so that kind of, like, starts, like, the downhill on everything. Because then, like, you know, a special, um, you know, crime against persons unit comes in, you know, from robbery homicide that's going to fucking look for this crew. And so, like, this is kind of the same thing. Like, they're in the middle of doing this job. This fucking dude's being, like, super creepy with the the girl. You know, mm-hmm. kind of, like, getting all rapey and shit. And, like, you know, pulling her legs apart. And she's wearing jeans. But, like, you know, he's, you know, trying to fondle her and, like, do all this bullshit. And she's being compliant. But, um, you know, there's a, one of the other bad guys is also there. And he's all, dude, fucking chill out. And that's not what we're fucking here for. Like, stay on task. And they kind of get into a little argument. Well, that same guy had placed a knife on the counter. The girl goes for the knife, defends herself. You know, mom's upstairs. She'd already opened the safe for the third bad guy. And, you know, as this is all happening, um, and they're coming back down, uh, they're fighting with the the daughter. And so when mom's back downstairs, there's a pot of boiling water that they had left on the stove when they it's were... milk. Yeah. Or it was, yeah, it was milk, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. they're making like a Tres Leches cake or something like that. Yeah. So there's a pot of boiling liquid, milk, and fucking, you know, the mom, uh, you know, daughter's fighting with these bad guys. She's cut one of them with his own knife on his face. The fucking mom grabs this pot, fucking throws it on the dude who got his face cut, burns the shit out of him. And, you know, the daughter tries to make a, you know, uh, a run for the door and then, you know, kind of goes to the outside of the house and you hear gunshots. And so I'm, I honestly thought, like, when that happened, they were both dead. Yeah. Um, You know, and so, you know, Bruce Willis's character's at work and, you know, both of these, his wife and daughter, you know, get transported to the same hospital that he's at. And, um, you know, you realize that the, the wife died. Um, there wasn't much they can do for her. the wife died and the daughter survived, um, surgery, but is in a coma. And so, you know, obviously the police show up, you know, they're taking a report basically saying they had a string of these like takeover type robberies. And, and meanwhile, it's kind of, um, I mean, cause all of this takes place in, in Chicago, and, like, the whole, you know, I mean, up from the fucking point the movie starts to that point, it's constantly talking about how dangerous Chicago is and, like, how many shootings are in Chicago and, like, all this kind of stuff that's that's happening. And so, um, you know, these officers are basically saying, hey, look, this, this happens a lot. And they're like, but your situation's different because it looks like it was kind of a robbery gone bad as opposed to, like, 
you know, something else. They said it's gang-related. All their right. other crimes are gang-related. Yeah, and so, you know, this one was a little different, and they felt confident that something was going to happen, but, you know, as the movie goes on, you know, he's depressed. He feels like he didn't do enough, or he he didn't do anything to protect the family. I mean, obviously, how can you beat yourself up? You're at fucking work. You know, your you know, wife and daughter are home. But I think the thought process is like, oh, you know, I didn't teach him how to fight well enough for themselves, or you know, whatever the case may be, he's beating himself up about it. His daughter's still in a coma, wife's dead. And, um, you know, the police seemingly aren't doing anything or, you know, they're they're trying to investigate as best they can, but they have no leads, you know, because part of this movie is kind of saying like, hey, look, you know, all this shit's happening in fucking broad daylight and all of these people that are potential witnesses never come forward and give us anything. Right. You know, so how can the fucking police help people that don't want to be helped because they're not providing information to the police? So it's like this endless cycle of violence that can't stop because, like, nobody's taking a stand or, you know, doing what's right or any number of things. Like, you you fucking, you pick. So, um, you know, at some point, uh, you know, in this this story, he's considering purchasing a gun but never really pulls the trigger, pun intended. (laughs) Lame. You like that? No. So anyways... (laughs) He doesn't buy the gun, and that's that's about it. So uh, a gangster ends up coming into the hospital, and um, he's working on this gangster, and apparently nobody fucking searched this dude, or, you know, like, he got transported by paramedics right away, and a, and a gun basically falls out of this dude's waistband that apparently nobody fucking sees, and he picks it up and basically keeps it and learns how to take it apart on... It was just funny. Does all this shit on YouTube. He watches a YouTube video, learns how to take it apart, learns how to clean it. And, you know, it's basically... Like, there's a lot of social commentary in that movie. Right. I mean, there definitely is. Like, they're constantly talking about, like, the gun violence in Chicago. You know, how these, you know, gun laws aren't really working. But they're also kind of like the social commentary and, like, he's wanting to purchase a gun. And they're explaining how simple it is to get a gun. Right? Yeah. How fast it is to get a gun. Oh, no big deal. Nobody ever fails the fucking safety tests and all this kind of thing. So, like, there's definitely a lot of, like, liberal fucking, you know, beating your head over the bat with, like, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, as far as how easy it is to get guns and, you know, like, how quickly somebody can fucking flip the switch on, like, you know, going from a fucking mild-mannered guy to a, a dude who can seemingly kill, like, a shitload of people without, like, being caught. Um, you know, and, and, and how worthless the police can be. But it's kind of funny, because, I mean, it, it almost seems like it's kind of, like, anti-gun to a certain point, but then not in other points. Like, it almost felt like they were walking a fine line on, like, trying... I mean, I almost felt like <laughs> there were, like, two different writers who were on two different ends of the spectrum who were... Both trying to convince you, like, why a gun's relevant, but then also telling you, like, the evils of it, but telling you, like, how easy it is to get a gun and how easy it is for somebody to fucking, like, go crazy. But, like, also, you know, like, the relevant points of having a gun that would prevent you from being a victim, you know? Like, I think it's just showing every side to a story. I mean, I mean, I mean, it was. They're showing both. I guess you'd say both sides' points of view. I don't think it was. It wasn't really leaning one way or another. I felt like uh, it almost felt to me almost kind of confusing because, like, you know, there's some movies where it's like blatantly obvious that they're like, there's a story they want to tell you, and they're gonna stick to this, 
you know, stick this route and basically just like beat you over the head with what they're trying to tell you. Whereas like with this movie, I almost felt like, okay, I see what they're saying here and they're trying to make it seem like it's worse than it is. But then like you fast forward and you're like, oh, okay, well now they're kind of like contradicting themselves. So, I mean, I did feel like it was kind of balanced in a sense where it was kind of playing to both sides of the fence. Like it could have gone either way, really. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so this he's basically he's learning all this shit on fucking YouTube, which I mean it's kind of pointing out like how obvious it is to you know obvious um not obvious but easy. how easy it is to kind of just like get all the information um you know from YouTube in terms of like you know some uh I don't want to say I mean not all of it's criminal I mean he's just learning how to take apart a gun you know but he found all this information on YouTube then um you know he starts using it to basically kill bad guys you know if he sees people committing crime in front of him he intervenes and fucking kills them and people are catching this shit on youtube on you know or like like on video or surveillance cameras at first it's random where he's just kind of killing this guy or that guy you know but then he comes across some dude that he recognizes who just happens to be the valet who has part of you know stolen property that belonged to him from the fucking home invasion and then kind of follows up from there with his phone, you know, finding out that, you know, there's another guy who was with him in that robbery. And then it kind of starts to build. By this point, he's already killed, like, you know, a person or two, um, you know. And so now it's turned into, okay, now I have leads, but I'm not going to report it to the police. Which he initially kind of tries to do, like, half-heartedly. You know, like, he does call the detective. Right. But, you know, of course, the detective just goes to voicemail because he's busy. And then it kind of turns into, like, fuck it. I'm not going to call a detective. I'm going to take care of this shit myself. And, um, you know, so he starts, like, killing these dudes one by one. Like, as he's, you know, finding out who's who. Uh, you know, following all these leads and and all this shit. Um, you know, it, 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 it is, I mean, it is silly to a certain extent. I mean, this dude's, like, a mild-mannered guy. You know, they, they kind of mention, like, early on in the film, like, he had his share of trouble when he was, you know, in... A, you know, a youngster, and he kind of came from, like, a, um, like, a, I would say, like, not a broken home, but just, like, a home where he had a lot of difficulty, like, with his father, who was kind of abusive, but, like, it's one thing to, like, be, like, an abused youth who just kind of had, you know, some trouble with your parents, but, like, you turn out to be, like, a very mild-mannered, intelligent individual who's, you know, highly educated as, like, a surgeon, and, you know, like, to all of a sudden just fucking... All of a sudden, like, you're, you know, you're fucking, you know, killing people at point blank range and, you know, you self-taught yourself to be, like, a good shot. Like, to be, like, a, a legitimately good gunfighter. Yeah. You know, like, fucking people are shooting at you and you're effectively shooting them back. You know, and he's also, you know, treating his own wounds and doing all this stuff. I mean, so it's definitely, you know, it's being glamorized to a certain extent and romanticized because, I mean, realistically you know, he probably would have been way more injured than he was and, you know, probably wouldn't have lasted as long in real life, but, you know, that wouldn't make for a good movie. But it, but it does also kind of point out in the movie, you know, like the social commentary, is that it inspired, you know, copycats to try to do, you know, what he was doing in Chicago and other cities. And, you know, it points out like there was like a 49-year-old guy that tried to do the same thing in like Oakland or something. You know, try to stop like a, a mugging. It was in the same town. 
Was it in Chicago? Was mm-hmm. it in Chicago? Because I thought he was in a different city. Uh-uh. Okay. So anyways, the copycat guy tries to do the same thing. Goes out. Some middle-aged guy with a family tries to do what he's doing and tries to stop a mugging and fucking gets shot and killed. And so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like also pointing out that like, you know, something like that could also, you know, lead to copycats and and all that sort and all that sort of shit. And it, you know, obviously, you know, a copycat's not going to be as lucky as you know, the original, and, you know, maybe you shouldn't try to do what you see on TV. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, you know, this movie, uh, you know, Bruce Willis ends up fucking, you know, killing all these people that, that, uh, you know, had a hand in, you know, murdering his wife and, uh, you know, severely injuring his daughter who does eventually, uh, make it out of her coma. And, um, his brother was played by what's his name? He's been in a bunch of shit. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. I mean, he's the he plays the kingpin, right? I didn't. I didn't. Yes. Yeah. So he plays the kingpin in um, Daredevil, right? Is it Daredevil? Yes. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. So like, I mean, he's a, he's a totally good actor. I mean, and he has a lot more credits under his belt than just that. But I mean. He he plays the brother, and, like, initially when all this is going on, you know, they think that, like, he might have something to do with it to a certain extent. Because he's um, the one with the troubled past. Right. Um, you know, and it was actually, I think they realized, oh, yeah, fuck, you know, he's not the one who did it, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, you know, in, in another part that, I mean, I don't want to say it jumps the shark, per se, but, like, the the guy who plays the, like, lead detective on this case... Hank is yeah the guy that fucking plays Hank in Breaking <laughs> Bad. You know his um the actor's real name though? Dean something. Let me see here. I have the IMDb. It's uh Dean Norris. So he plays Detective Kevin Rains and again yeah, we all know him as Hank. Every time I see him it's like that's fucking Hank. So He's always playing a cop. Always. So, yeah, I mean he I mean overall like the cast was like super good but like toward the end he realizes that, like, it, it, is the, it is fucking Bruce Willis' character that, like, did all this shit. And, like, he's, like, fully aware that this dude fucking killed all these people and all this stuff like that. And he's just kind of like, hey, so, you know, you obviously just defended yourself in this situation. Which, I mean, toward the end he did, legitimately. And with, like, registered firearms that he actually purchased from a gun range. But he's like, so, uh, that Glock... Referring to the murder weapon using like all these other killings, uh, is that firearm gone? And he's like, Yeah, it's gone. And he's like, So it's not coming back? And he's like, Yeah, it's gone forever. And so it's just kind of like a wink and a nod to like, All right, cool. You're totally not going to murder anybody anymore. Like, you're like, that's out of your system. So I'm not going to fuck with you because you killed a bunch of bad guys. And so, like, I'm, you know, me as a detective, like, I'm semi appreciative of that. And so I'm not going to like go those after types you. Of movies are. I, I get it. It's just, yeah, I was, uh, I don't know. I was kind of like, for reals though. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're going to fucking. pretty predictable. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was a kind of like feel good movie. Like, oh yeah, you know, he got his fucking revenge and, you know, he avenged his wife's death and like his, you know, his, his daughter lived and he was able to defend himself and like he, you know, you know, transformed from a, you know, helpless sheep into a wolf you know, during this whole process, and, you know, like, in the end, like, it's like, okay, now we're back to our normal lives and shit, and, 
his daughter's finally going to the university and he sees somebody like steal something um from like a like a baggage cart you know like like they're bringing shit up to the dorms yeah and he's all hey like he's intervening and then does the like the finger the gun clint thing eastwood. like the clint Bow, eastwood did in fucking grand Torino. Yeah. yeah he totally does that and you're like bruh like okay he's gonna start killing people again and i mean it's like okay so is um is uh what the fuck is is a uh, dean norris's character gonna be like fuck we should have arrested him when we had the chance you know, because he's going to go on his fucking murder spree again. Like, he's already killed a couple of people. He's going to totally go vigilante again. Like, why would you just stop? It's a different city, though, so maybe he won't put it together. But I thought the daughter was going to New York and he was dropping her off. Oh, I mean, it is New York, yeah. So, it is different from Chicago. Well, he said three stops. I mean, you can really get to Chicago, from Chicago to New York in three stops. Like, you're fucking taking a train or something, right? He's a doctor. Why would he take a train? I don't know, because they're trying to make, like, multiple movies about fucking Well, I don't know, Devilish. because they said, you know, that he had disappeared, you know, when they were doing all the radio shows. They are like, oh, you disappeared, by, And then he's like, oh, I'm three stops away, so maybe he moved. I well, figured okay. he moved. Well, so um, what Amanda was talking about is, like, throughout the whole movie, there's constantly, like, a social commentary going on on the radio with Sway on Shade 45 XM. Like, constantly. He really does have that show. I know he does. But I'm saying, like, they really advertise that fucking show. Like, I mean, XM Shade 45. Probably, like, cow. really. Like, Man Cow? Man yeah. Cow. Like, like, they really threw down some bucks, like, to help fucking produce this movie. Because, like, they were constantly mentioned in it. And so, um, but there's, like, this constant social commentary that's going on in the movie where it's like, all right, hey, listeners, like, do you think he's a angel or do you think he's a bad guy? You know, let us know, you know, give us a call. And so, you know, like, you know, Bruce Willis's character is like constantly listening to the radio to see like if people are like totally behind him in terms of like what he did. And, um, you know, uh, at the end of the, sh- at the end of the movie, you know, Sway's like, all right, yeah, nobody's, Nobody's, you know, heard from, you know, the Grim Reaper. He hadn't killed nobody. He's been gone for a while, so just stay gone. You know, basically telling him, like, all right, cool. Everything's back to normal. He's not fucking killing anybody anymore. So, yeah, just stay wherever the fuck you are because, like, you know, he was kind of against the whole vigilante thing from the beginning. You know, he's just kind of like, oh, you know, where do we where do we stop? You know, we're okay with this dude being a vigilante, you know, you condone that, and then all of a sudden somebody else thinks it's okay to be a vigilante. The next thing you know, like, everybody's trying to, you know, do their own form of street justice, and all of a sudden, like, what system doesn't work great seemingly doesn't work at all. Like, if you're basically cutting the police, like, out of the equation because you're fucking doing your own thing, you know, then it just turns into chaos, right? Yeah. So, which I think is kind of what the... I guess what the point is to a certain extent. I mean, there's all kinds of shit you can take away from this movie, especially given like everything that's happened recently with like guns and stuff. But I mean, I'd argue that it has more to do with people. Um, But yeah, you know, I I thought the movie was entertaining for sure. I thought it was a decent movie. Um, It was funny. Like there were funny fucking parts. Like there was a lot of cool action in it. You know, some of it was predictable. Um, but I mean, I think that's to be expected. I mean, this wasn't really kind of like a mismatch of a bunch of different movies just put together. 
Yeah, I mean, they weren't, like, reinventing anything with this movie. Like, I mean, as I started, as we started to talk about this movie, I realized, you know, that it is very much like Boondock Saints revisited, a little more modern. I mean, like, in a sense, like, of, like, we're, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't. It's toned down. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess we could say that. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a different take on what's basically like the, the Boondock Saints storyline, um, like in a different direction. So, um, the IMDb page gives, uh, this movie, uh, a 6.6. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to say that in terms of like entertainment value, I I like this movie a little bit more than Annihilation. And I mean, I gave Annihilation a flat seven. I honestly think that this movie is probably like a high seven at the very least. This movie went a lot faster than Annihilation. Annihilation was a lot more drawn out. It was like, what, two hours, 15 minutes, two hours, 20 minutes, or something like that? It was long. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, and from an entertainment standpoint, I thought Death Wish was like just a little bit more entertaining. It was shorter, but it made a lot of good points, had a lot of like relevant and social commentary that you can kind of take away whatever you you want to from it. Um, but like just in the general sense that like it was entertaining, like if you didn't really give a fuck about any of the you know, stuff that, you know, um, the producers of this movie are, like, trying to trying to point out. I, I still thought it was pretty good. I, I mean, I think that 6.6 is, I don't oh, know, maybe, wow. maybe a little harsh, because um, I thought it was better. I would say it's a high 7, maybe like a 7.7, seven, 7.8, seven, seven, for sure. Um, I would I would actually see it again, Be to be honest. I would I would see it again. I thought it was, I thought it was good. It was good. So, and I almost, I mean, it, <laughs> you know, so like with Red, uh, another Bruce Willis movie, I think uh, Red stands for like retired, extremely dangerous. Red was a really good movie and they actually made like a Red 2 yeah. because it was like such a good movie. And so I almost wonder if, you know, Death Wish does well, whether or not they would do a sequel well, it seemed open to it. Because it seemed like it's open to it. Like, oh shit, you know, now he's in fucking New York. And, you know, nobody knows about what he did in New York because obviously nothing ever happened to him in Chicago. So he can basically, like, you know, start anew and, oh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think there's definitely a possibility of a part two depending on how good Death Wish does as a movie with... And I know there was concern about, like, how good this movie was going to do, given everything that's happened with, like, you know, school shootings and that kind of thing, and, like, the gun debate, like, whether or not gun gun control's a a good or bad thing or whatever. You know, there's just a lot of shit, you know, going on with that, you know, two-way stuff. Well, the people that have strong feelings about that wouldn't go see that movie anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Right. I mean... I completely agree with you, but, you know, like, there's people that are, you know, just... sensitive? Well, you know, but there's people that are like, okay, this movie's coming out, and, like, you know, is it going to do well, you know, because of all this stuff that, you know, it's basically covered in this? 
And yeah, I would say that, you know, somebody that doesn't like guns, somebody that, you know, is totally against gun violence or thinks that like fucking movies and, you know, TV and all of these things like affect children to such an extent that like it drives them to, you know, commit heinous acts of violence against other people, you know, aren't going to go see this movie because that's how strongly they believe in, you know, that kind of bullshit. I would argue that none of that is what causes those things, not to get like too super political or off topic, but, you know, a lot of these people are always like loner people that, you know, people fucking pick on or, you know, that have like a lot of social problems. And I mean, to me, like a lot of the people that do that shit are people that are picked on and treated like garbage. And, you know, again, I think that has to do with people. And I think that if I think students were just generally nicer to each other and all inclusive and less judgmental and snickering and bitter and, you know, treating people like second or third class people that maybe there wouldn't be those people out, you know, in the outskirts, not in this circle that do that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, my, my assessment is, you know, very simplistic in nature and I'm, you know, there is a lot more to it than that, but, um, yeah, that's just my opinion. And, you know, everybody has opinions just like everybody has assholes. So. And they all stink. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah you don't have to agree with me that's just my thought on that but i mean like i said not to get too off topic but this movie was pretty cool i would definitely go see it you know imdb says it's 6.6 i'd say it's like a high seven um if you had to choose between this or annihilation i'd probably do death wish and then annihilation um but yeah. like uh for sure so i mean but if you haven't seen any movies lately black panther that movie was the shit. <laughs> we saw that, and we didn't do a movie review on it because, like, fucking anybody's like, you don't need you know, to. Yeah, I mean, if you're not living under a rock, like everybody's saying how fucking great that movie is, you didn't. You don't need to listen to a fucking review to know that, like, you should just go see that movie. Um, but uh, this about wraps it up for um, episode sixty-seven, um, Death Wish movie review. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. And uh, stuff. I'm Jesse <laughs> with Amanda. Yeah. Being like, did you even like, you know, give it a number or you just, I didn't even think about that. Like you'd never even give it a number or anything. Why do I have to give it a number? I agreed with you. Well, you concurred. I did. All right, cool. She concurred. High sevens. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.